Are you ready for an earful? In the dawning of a new day, the landscape of the entire world is changing. Nobody wants the fake, the shallow, or the non-relevant, unless, of course, you like playing games. The church is about meeting people where they are and showing them how to apply truths to get to where they know they are designed to be. That can be done playing games. Jasper and Alicia Williams welcome you to an encounter with truth that is sure to demand a response. Sit back, invite your spirit man front and center for a message that will give you a fresh take on life, God, and yourself. Get ready, get set, it's on. About money. I suggested that there were a few indicators as to what has shaped or shapened your view about money. One of the indicators that has shaped your view about money is culture. That what it is that we see on television shapes our view about money. Had a little fun there and we talked through a few things as we talked about culture. Won't go back and re-rehearse that. But then also characters, that there are people people in our lives, their personalities, maybe not just in our family, in our immediate circle, but there are people that we see that have shaped our view about money. Another major factor on shaping our view about money is the church. It is the church. Uh, The church can shape our view about money in a positive way, as well as in a negative way. When we hear about all those things that happen in church that can shape our view about money, but when we catch on to revelation that happens in church, it will shape, it can shape our view about money. Covering. We have culture, characters, church, covering, people that are over us, mentors, particularly parents, can shape our view about money. And the final thing is a crop. When we test an eternal principle, a spiritual principle, such as tithing, such as giving offering, such as offering a first fruit, such as a sacrificial gift, such as sowing in a moment and being obedient to what the Holy Spirit says, and we see the harvest, we see our crop, we see our ship come in, Our crop will shape and can shape our biblical view about money. Here's a a pop question, pop quiz. Um, What is it about this screen here for those of you all who were here on last Sunday or caught up by catching the stream? What is it about this graphic that offends you? Almighty. You are exactly right. Gold star. Go to the front of the class. The almighty dollar has become a a phrase that too many of us have lived, but lived wrongly. There's only one almighty. There should only be one almighty. And it's not that little piece of paper with a dead president on it that's found in your pocketbook, your wallet, Or your front pocket. The title alone should offend you. The almighty dollar. Uh, I mentioned that Jesus had a very interesting scripture. He says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. That there are only two choices. 
He says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. And then he breaks it down. He says, you cannot serve God or the Almighty and mammon. Everybody still with me? He says, you, you can't do it. You can't be in love with money and God. I, I, it bothers me when, when people chase after what's in God's hand and don't chase after the God who has the hand. <clears throat> we, we cannot be in love with both. He says you can't serve God and mammon. Mammon is, a, is personified as an evil and superhuman power that stands in competition to God. By possessing people, it can even keep them from being devoted to God and make them hate him. Mammon is a spiritual entity. There's a spiritual force, a spiritual, a spiritual energy behind the God of mammon. Now, not only, not only is mammon the issue, and we can directly connect it to the dollar, but mammon is behind the Russian ruble, the Japanese yen, the Canadian dollar, that the system of money that rules the world or that makes the world go round is conducted and challenged and overseen by the God mammon, lowercase g. And so back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus himself, there is no higher, there is no greater authority. Jesus himself says, you can't serve God and you cannot serve mammon. I'm going to make a broad statement, a thesis statement. That'll shape our discussion for today. And we're going to unpack it. <clears throat> your spirituality is directly related to your giving. Your spirituality is directly related to your giving. We could put it another way. That your spirituality is directly related to your spiritual maturity. But in an essence, a statement stands. Your spirituality is related to your giving. Some, some folk would guess automatically. Your default scripture would be Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then all these things will be added unto you. That my, my spirituality is associated with my direct pursuit of the kingdom of God. And if I'm pursuing the things and not God, okay, I'm not, that's, that's, that's not, that's a piece of it, but it's not what I'm in total saying. Automatically, some folk <clears throat> would think and have the thought to hit their mind. I'm spiritual. I give in church. I give, I give to the needy. I give to the man standing on the side of the street. I give to charity. I support it. Houston, when Irma came through, you, you begin to think, okay, that that is a part of my spirituality, but the statement is more than that. 
Your giving and your target of giving is what I'm talking about. Not just will I come under the lordship of Jesus Christ concerning my wallet. But, but who, who am I making an offering to? Do y'all see the difference? Okay, so, so, so he's the lord of my wallet. There was a funny, there was a funny commercial uh, image just, just popped up. A lot of times people have a problem with making God Lord of their wallet. There's this, there's this cartoon clip. Gentleman was being baptized, and so you see him standing in the baptistry. You see the preacher there. You see this, this look on this cartoon character's face as if to say what's about to happen next. And as the cartoon script progresses, you see the preacher take him under the water. But then you see that he's holding something, but his hand is out of the water. The point of the cartoon script is that a lot of us want everything else baptized <clears throat> but our money. We're willing to give God everything but our money. But it's not just him being Lord over our finances. It's what I do with what's left. And this is the part that there's not a lot of conversation about. Yeah, I don't know if you heard it, but when I was praying uh, earlier, having you pray for your neighbor, I, I, said, um, I said, we bind up the spirit of poverty and we loose. Did y'all hear what I said? Wisdom. I, I, said, we, I said, we loose wisdom. Um, because a lot of us don't need more. We just need wisdom to know what, what to do with what I got left. You see, wealth, wealth, wealth isn't just about the zeros. True wealth lies in wisdom. So with what's left, what you're doing, what you're offering is really an indicator of your spirituality. Your spirituality is directly related to your giving. I hear some of y'all trying to figure out where's, where's, he, where's he going with this? How's he setting this up? I'm not setting anybody up. I, I'm teaching the word. If you get this, your life will change. So, so what does the word say? Pastor, t take me to the text. What does the Bible say? about your premise, your statement that your spirituality is directly related to your giving. Well, I just read to you Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus says you cannot serve God and mammon. If Jesus said it, I need to pay attention to it. If, if you're being fueled for more, something is up. If you're being fueled for more to do something that's not aligned in the kingdom, something's up with that. Oh, we're getting ready for Christmas, and some of y'all already got his Christmas savings account going. And, you know, you want some stuff, and you, know, you want to you get, I, I understand that. But, but who is it that we're, who is the spiritual entity behind what you're making your offering to? I, I, think, I think that many of us have been worshiping at the wrong altar. Or many of us work overtime for a Louis bag.
watch this now. So I'm willing to leave my children, work overtime. What, did I hit a nerve or something? <laughs> Y'all quiet this morning. I ain't even going to have to change my shirt today. I'm, me and quiet going to leave. I'm going to be just like this. Y'all, y'all, I, okay, I got you. <clears throat> so, so, so you start chasing money so you can buy something else. I can't tell you, nothing wrong with a Louis bag. Ladies, my wife, I hear her saying now, why do you always talk about the women? You always give the brothers a pass. <laughs> All right. For my homies in here. You get a second job to put some rims on your car. So, so you, you, leave, you leave your wife and your kids to pursue. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? You're so, you're so driven by the bag or whatever you ladies want. It's a bag or shoes, right? Okay, all right. Or the rims or whatever you brothers want. You're so driven by that until you're willing to let the television raise your children. A text nurture your marriage. So you can make an offering at the department store. Is this making sense? Nothing wrong with the Louis bag. Nothing wrong with the rims. It's what I do. It's my spiritual. It's am I willing to give up what God wants me to do to chase and to make an offering at another altar? And a lot of us have been unknowingly worshiping at the altar of mammon. Luke chapter 15, would you put that up please? Luke chapter 15, verse number 29. Um, uh, Remember he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus says, no one can, there's the word, serve. All right? He says, no one can serve. That's the word. That's the word I'm going to build my argument on. No one can serve two masters. But when we get to Luke chapter 15, verse 29, look at what he says. So he answered and said to his father, this is the story about the prodigal son. Lo, these many years I've been serving. I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you gave me a young goat. You never even gave me a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. Okay, maybe y'all don't know the story about the prodigal son, but it was two boys, a younger and an older. And the younger boy said, I'm out. Peace. Can I have my inheritance? I'm gone. And he went to a land of riotous living. You know, he started dropping it like, you know, paying girls, dropping it like it's hot and making it rain and, you know, buying bottles and all this other kind of stuff. He goes to the land of riotous living. He spends all of his money there. He ends up in a pig pen. And he comes to himself. If I go back home, maybe my daddy will let me work for him. So he comes back home. But the brother that never left is looking at the, at the brother who's back. And he starts itching. Because the dad, when the son that was lost comes back home, he says, let's throw a party. 
Uh, oh, he, it was a rich man, and so he, he had this, this estate, and he has workers and so forth. He says, come on, let's, let's throw a party. My son is back. My son, kill a fatty calf. Bring, bring me the finest robe. Y'all pour it up. My son is home. And so the brother who never left starts itching. He has an issue, and he says, Dad, I have been serving you. And you ain't even never gave me a goat. You get this boy who been out here living crazy. You gave him a calf and a party. You ain't even gave me a goat. Not the story I want you to focus on. I want you to pay attention to the word. Jesus said no one can serve two masters. The same word in Matthew 6, 24 is found in Luke 15, 29. The, the, the boy says, I've been serving you. Acts chapter 20, verse number 19. Throw that one up. Acts chapter 20, verse number 19. Serving the Lord. There's that word again. May I tell you, I'm not just looking at an English concordance and pulling out the word serve or any forms of the word. The Greek word that's used here. The root word, the lemma, is doulos. So we've seen doulos in Matthew 6, 24. We, we see doulos in Luke 15, 29. Now we see the same word, doulos, in Acts chapter 20, verse 19, verse 20. The very beginning, he says, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews... There, there is a secondary sermon in the first part of verse number 19. Would y'all read that one with me together? Come on, let's read. Serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. This is the apostle Paul. But Paul is saying, I have given my life to this. And look at what happens. Me serving you has humbled me. It's made me cry. It's taken me through tears and trials from the same folk that I'm a part of, the Jews. They've been plotting behind my back. Anybody want to preach a secondary sermon for me? Serving Jesus can bring tears, trials, and betrayal from folk that you're trying to help. I ain't got no witnesses in here. I, I don't, make, don't make me start telling stories. But, but he starts off with the word. He says, what? Serving the Lord. Can I tell you what doulos means? What it means in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. What it means in Luke chapter 15, verse 29. And what it means in Acts chapter 19, verse 20. The word doulos, it means to become a slave to. Grab your neighbor by the right hand. Grab your neighbor by the right hand. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, to be a servant means to be a slave to. Go back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Put that one back up on the screen. No one can be a slave to. Maybe y'all understand this. You don't want no part-time lover. 
Ah, they're my real church. They're my 21st century church. One girl is doing, she might say, mm-hmm, you, I want full time. Who signs up to be the side piece? You can't serve. You're going to be divided. You got a girl, you got a wife at home. But you got a chick on the other side of town. You can't serve both. Jesus is saying, you, you can't be a slave to two spiritual beings. Are y'all still on the train? Did I lose anybody? If I lost somebody, just raise your hand. I, I, I took a turn. I took a turn. I'm going to make sure everybody's still on the train with me. He says, either you're going to be a slave to the almighty God. What does a slave do? What you tell him to do. He said, either you're going to be a slave to, you will serve the almighty God. Now, a slave got taken care of. We, we have a different perspective about slavery, and some of y'all, some of y'all starting to itch. And I'm not, I'm not talking about that. When you look at biblical slavery and what happened as a derogatory time frame for our people, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about, um, well, let me, let me show you this next text. Let me show you this next text. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Look at what Paul now says. He says, Paul, a bondservant. Guess what? Same root word. As Matthew 6, 24, Luke 15, 29, Acts 20, 19, same word, same root word in Romans chapter 1. Paul says, he starts his book off. Y'all see that? Romans 1, 1. He starts his book off. He says, I am a slave to, I'm a bond servant to Jesus Christ. Y'all got it, but this side over here taking a nap. Uh, elbow your neighbor and say, you need to hit this part. You need to hit this part. You need to hit this part. Paul says, I'm a slave to. If the word slave was so bad, why would Paul use it to demonstrate and articulate what he was to Jesus? See, some of y'all are pushing back. I feel you. I feel you. I ain't, I'll be everything, but I ain't going to be no slave now. You know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, you, you know, you starting. You, no, Paul says, the great apostle Paul says, I, I'm a slave to Jesus. He was no slave to nobody else. Do I have any Jesus slaves in here? Jesus only slaves. Okay, so, so here's my point. Here's my point. Slaves got taken care of. When, when you had an owner, when you had a master, he had to provide a place for you to live. He, he had to put, put shoes on your feet. I ain't talking about Mr. Charlie, but I'm talking about in Bible days. He, he had to make sure that you had enough food to eat. And in Bible days, when, when, you, when, you, when, you had a, when you had an owner, when you had a master, he, he had to make sure that you had a good environment. 
Okay, put up Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Watch this again now. Jesus himself says, you cannot be a slave to God and mammon. He, he says, he says, you got to pick who you want to clothe you, who you want to feed you, who you want to take care of you, and who you want to house you. Ooh, I am preaching in here. There is not a third choice. He says, you're going to yoke yourself to, I'm in the text today. I, I'm, I'm working this thing. I, I'm going to give myself an offering. He, he, he says, it ain't no third choice. Either you're going to be a slave to the Almighty, or you're going to be a slave to a dollar. Who you want to take care of you? Anybody losing any money when the economy tanked? Back in 07, 08. Oh, the rest of y'all all right? The rest of y'all like, I ain't had nothing in there. <laughs> mm, I'm fine. <laughs> For the rest of the wise in here, if you lost money, when the economy tanked, I, I, I knew somebody, they had, they had a significant amount of money in the stock market. I mean, there was a significant amount of money. And the way they would talk themselves out of jumping off a ledge, doing something crazy, they'd say, it's only a loss on paper. It's only a loss on paper. If I don't take nothing out, it's only a loss on paper. The stress and the anxiety of the downfall of the market caused them to start talking to themselves. They saw the inability to take care of their children because mammon was down. All right, let me try it this way. Let me try it this way. Um, uh, why we pay Social Security when we probably won't get it? Because the government has been using the Social Security pot of money as its piggy bank. So you, you, you are mandated to pay into something that you ain't never going to benefit from. So when you get retirement age, you talking about I get my social security check. <laughs> it ain't gonna be no check. But but who gonna take care of you when you read Social Security age? Mammon or the Almighty? Are y'all are y'all starting to get this? So it's who I make my offering to. It's, it's what I do with my money. Because since I am a doulos, since I can only serve one of the two, my choice, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but my choice is to be a slave to the Almighty, and I'm proud to be just that. Now, that's a T-shirt for you. I'm a slave to Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> 
You can only have one. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching in. I'm going to dark territory, going dark territory. I'm trying to grab you, and I'm trying to pull you out of church thinking. Because church thinking will get you only thinking about what you do with your 10%. Church thinking is a part of the world system, part of it. Kingdom thinking will allow me to make a choice on what I do with what I got left. I, 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 I got to work a little bit harder. I got to work a little bit harder. Um, Mammon has got his hand around your neck. You don't even realize when he show up. Mammon shows up for some as MasterCard. Mammon shows up for some as rooms to go, 84 months, no interest payment. Have it delivered tomorrow. Mammon shows up as a European car note at the first of every month. Y'all starting to recognize Mammon now? Some of y'all don't even want to go get the mail. It's the fifth again. And when you get when, when you when, when you see it, when you you recognize the shape of the envelope, you recognize the font on it, you're like, it's that I oh. That's mammon with his hand around your neck. Can I tell you, that's why you ought to get out of debt. There was a time I couldn't send my wife and daughter to Dallas for her to see her first choice school. But because I'm breaking the power of mammon around my neck, I ain't there yet. I, I, I ain't there. I'm, I'm, I got some other stuff. We, we got the first part, but I'm breaking the power of mammon from around my neck. How much it costs, baby girl? You got it. There we go. When you get free of mammon, life starts to get brighter. Do I have a witness here? Come on, come on. What's the best time of year for some of y'all? Income tax return. January 2nd, you call the chair. Y'all got them statements yet? My charitable giving. Well, let me tell you, this $83 ain't going to help much, but... We'll send it to you. Y'all think I'm playing, don't you? You get happy when your, when your income tax checks start coming. I got my check. I got my check. I'm going shopping. 
that's mammon around your neck and you get ready to make another offering to him when your income tax check come to buy most stuff that you don't need to impress folk you don't like to buy some more stuff you you already got See, when I'm a slave to the Almighty, he has no problems blessing me. One of God's names is El Shaddai, which is the many-breasted one, which means that there's a time when I can come and I can get whatever I want. There's a difference in manufacturing a blessing and God giving you one. Final scripture on this one. We're going to turn the corner. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 9. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you. And how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Can I tell you that today can be a turnaround for you. We get turned around when we have a renewed mind. Matter of fact, just everybody, just grab your head. Just grab your head. Just pray with me. Lord, change the way I think. Renew my mind. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm still arguing the point that our spirituality is directly associated with our giving. But, but, but some of us got some stuff still look twisted that we need to iron this thing. We need to put some perm on this. <clears throat> It'd be very interesting to see if I said, how many of you are idol worshipers? It'd be very interesting to see how few hands would go up. How many of you are idol worshipers? Put up my Anchor Yale Bible Dictionary version of an idol. It says a physical representation of a deity usually used as an object of worship. A physical representation of a deity usually used as an object of worship. It uses another word there that we need to define. Give me my next slide. This is what the definition of worship is. Worship is homage or special honor or respect shown publicly. It is an attitude and activity designed to recognize and to describe the worth, they say, of a person, but for the context, I'm going to say of something. All right? So worship is public homage. Public homage. I told y'all a couple weeks ago, Quad wanted to go, took some of his friends to SneakerCon. And they have this thing there called the pit. If you've never been to SneakerCon, it's, it kind of blows your mind. But all these kids bring all these, and adults too, bring all these shoes, these expensive shoes. They had a pair of shoes that were $7,000. Pair of tennis shoes. Y'all remember Back to the Future, the shoe that Michael J. Fox wore? 
$7,000. And it wasn't the shoe he wore. It was the shoe like the one that he wore. $7,000. All these, all these kids bring all these limited shoes to sneaker con. And then they got this place called the pit. So they got all the vendors and you can go and talk, see, see people, whatever. And folks just walk around with, with tennis shoes. You know, they, just, they just display tennis shoes. Some of them had backpacks with pictures on them of the kind of shoes that they had. They, some folks had suitcases full of tennis shoes. But and when you get to the pit, you put out all your shoes, and you just kind of stand there. And folks come around and look at the shoes. They, want, they don't see what they want. They move on to the next. I mean, like, hundreds of folk, probably more than that, just set up. People just walk around. It was crazy in there. So I'm trying to find Quad and his friends. So I had to go in the pit. So I'm walking around the pit. No order in the pit. It's just musty boys. So I didn't realize that there were shoes on the ground. I didn't see them. So I accidentally, I kicked a pair of shoes. Dude was standing there like this. Looked like he was part of the beard gang. You know, he had a, had a bandana around his head. I said, my fault, sir. I, 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 didn't, mean, I didn't mean to kick his shoes. You got to buy them now. I said, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to buy them now. See you later, partner. I, I ain't buying nothing. I, I kicked the shoes and said, I'm sorry. <laughs> you joking, right? Ha, 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 ha. Never would have thought that me accidentally knocking the shoe off the box would have created the scowl on this brother's face. You know what I kicked? His idol. He was expressing homage to something. He was worshiping. Are y'all getting this? Am I, am I making sense? It, it, was, it, was, it was his display. It, it was his public display. Now he would never say he worshiped his tennis shoes. The same way y'all wouldn't say you're idol worshipers. Let me ask you this. Why your bag got to have a seat in church? It took y'all a second to get down. Everybody kind of shifting their bags. Because grandmama said Yahweh be broke if it sit on the floor. That's it, right? That's the reason. That's the reason. Baloney. <laughs> you know that's your church purse. Get that purse. Purse, some tuition. Do we have more idols in our homes than we really would agree that we have? And so we take our dollars and we make an offering. Y'all see, I'm right back where we started. For this public display of homage called worship. When 
we all know that the only one to be worshipped is the God who made, who made you. Money is you is just used to exchange as an exchange to get what you want. But a lot of us use money to buy something to worship. That's fresh. That ain't in my notes. What did I just say? Money is, should be used to get what you want, not to buy what you worship. Money is neutral. Do you hear me? Do you hear me when I say that? These few dollars I got in my pocket, that's neutral. The only thing that makes this money worth something is the praise on the back. In God we trust. And for some folks, you gotta you gotta clarify which God you're talking about. For me, I know that God gonna keep me, he, whether he used this piece of paper, a yen, or, or nothing. Because I don't worship money. I'm not, I'm not a slave to money. Money is neutral. It's how we use it that matters. How do you break the grip? We pray for your mind. But you got to destroy the idols. Your allegiance is based on your level of trust. How much do you trust God? All of us will say, I trust him. But do our lives prove that? Here's my last scripture. And, and we almost, I got two scriptures left. Um, I'm going to enter Act 1. Well, I don't think I lied to y'all. Let's just see. 1 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1. First Samuel chapter 5, verse 1. Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it to Ebenezer, to Ashdod. Can y'all put my website up? Can you put my website up that I gave you? And, and, and just flip to the, to the list that I gave you about the different gods, the names of the different gods. Can, can y'all put that one up? Here are all the different gods. I want you to understand that one god is like the others. I think it's a little small there, but it says 8,747 false gods. That's the number. All right, and then just kind of start scrolling. And here they are. Here's Amnon, Ashereth, Baal, Baal, Zehub, Dagon. We're going to talk about him in a minute. Moloch, Tammuz. All these are different gods, and they're more than that. Okay, you, you can go back. You can go back to the, to, you can go back. I want you to understand that when we start talking about gods, that there are more than one. And no matter what the God's name, lowercase g, what his name is, the God looks at the little God the same way. All right, with that, let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 5. Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon. Dagon is a, is a god, and set it by Dagon. Dagon was the god, lowercase g, of the Philistines, and the Philistines were the, were the Israelites' perpetual enemy. Verse 3, and when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, 
There was Dagon fallen on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. Some of y'all, some of y'all ain't reading. Y'all just looking at the screen. They, 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 they bring Dagon, the God that they made, and sitting next to the ark of the covenant where the presence of God was. They go home. The next morning they come back. Dagon has face planted. He, he's laying down on the ground. Can I tell you one more time that God treats all gods the same way? Oh, give me strength, Lord. Give me strength. Okay. All right. All right. So, so, so look what these fools did. In verse 3. So they took Dagon and put him back in his place. Now, Dagon, you got to sit up now. Come on, Dagon. We're going to lock the door and turn the alarm on tonight. You just sit next here to the, to the true and living God. They done put him back up. There must have been a strong wind that came through and blew Dagon over. Verse 4. And when they got up the next morning, there was Dagon falling on his face before every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall, shall. Hey, before the Ark of the Covenant. Watch this. This, this is a good part. Look at this. Look what happened. Since they didn't get it the first time, God said, I got to use a little bit more strength and I got to break some stuff. He, he, he says, he says, uh, uh, verse 4, and when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and both the palms of its hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left. So the God that they made didn't have a head and didn't have hands. And it still bowed down to the true living God. All right, all right, so here's Psalm 115. We're going to come back here in one, one second. Psalm 115, verse 5, I'm moving fast. It says, they have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet that they do not walk, nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them, so is everyone who trusts in them. Y'all missed the point. Y'all, y'all. Whatever God you make, let's be clear. He can't smell none. He can't hear your prayers. He can't see you in your pain. He can't use his hands to hold you. He can't come to you. Come here, car. Come here, car. Y'all watch that. Y'all watch that car come through the front door. It's coming. It's coming. Come on. Come on, kid. Come on, kid. Come on through the... I don't care how much I call a car, it ain't got hands. It ain't got eyes. It ain't got a mouth. No feet. Well, well, what's your favorite designer? What's your favorite designer? You ain't got to call it out, but just think about it. Who, Who's your favorite designer? 
All right? Now, I, I, if that's your favorite designer, you probably want something else from him, don't you? Come on, let's call it in. Let's call it in. Come on, call it. Call it. Oh, y'all don't want nothing. Call it in. Call, call it in your head. You're calling it, right? Come on, Gucci. Come on, come on, Gucci. Come on, Balenciaga. Come on, come on. It ain't coming. But yet we make gods as we're making offering at the cash register, and it won't hold you at night. It won't help your self-esteem. It can't bless you. It can't get you out of no traps. It can't heal you. Okay, all right, all right. But look at what the end of verse 8 says. It says, so is everyone who trusts in them. Uh-oh, I, the, I missed the best part. Those who make them are like them. How many idol worshipers do we have? So is everyone who trusts them. Come on, let's go back to Dagon. We almost finished. We almost finished. Verse 4, the head of Dagon and both his palms were broken off and Dagon's torso was left. Verse 5, therefore neither the priest of Dagon nor any who come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. But the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod. And he ravaged them and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. And when the men of Ashdod saw how it was, they said, the, God, the, the ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is harsh toward us and Dagon, our God. You ever had folk where you just got too much Jesus? And that you, they just can't stay with you? you? You don't even be talking about them, but they just, they just go to twitching whenever you come around. They can't stay in your presence because the glory of God is on you. And, and, and so they, they leave. Here it is. The Bible says that the hand of God was heavy on them. Stuff started breaking out. Disease and sickness. Now, Psalm 115, it, it says... That God treats those who make the idols the same way that he treats the idols. Do y'all see the connection? So if you have made an idol, God's going to deal with you the same way that he deals with your idol. How do you, how do you, how do you break the hand of mammon from being around your neck? You've got to understand. Trouble could be coming. It's better to repent now and start living the kingdom life now than to let tragedy befall you. So God been trying to get your attention, but you ain't honoring God with the offering, with the tithe. You ain't living right. No wonder so much go wrong in your life. You, you, you can't get up because God lets disease come. Get the alternator fixed. Now you need some tires. Get some tires fixed, and it's July, and now you need a new HVAC, and you're out of warranty. 
You get the air fixed, and then the truck uh, throw a rock in your window, and 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 now the you got a you got a high deductible for the four other accidents you had, and so you can't make another claim because they'll drop you. So you got to roll out another eight hundred dollars to have the window replaced, and it's on special order. So you Ubering around. Will you elbow your neighbor say, please wake up, please, please wake up. God lets stuff happen and break out in your life because you're serving other idols. I didn't think y'all would be shouting, but I thought I'd get one or two more amens than what I've gotten. Maybe it's just conviction. Maybe it's just conviction. I'm finished. Stand on your feet. We're going to read this last one. Y'all see how I cheat to get one more scripture in? I just make you stand, and then we read it. I'm, I'm done. Put up, put up my last scripture, please. Uh, Colossians chapter 3. I don't know. I don't, probably didn't give that one to y'all. Okay, I got it. Good, good, good. Re- read this one with me. We're going to read this one with me. Um, you read along with me. If then you are raised with Christ. No, no, I, I'm sorry. Let, let me read it. Y'all kind of read silently along with me. Y'all are good. Y'all, y'all going to do mm-hmm. Just make Dagon die. Just make it stop. If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. You see, that's, that's how we, that's how we break the hand that's around our neck of mammon. We start seeking those things which are above where Christ is. He's sitting at the right hand. If you are raised, if you're saved, you can apply this passage. You can do this. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. No idols are coming back with Jesus. Verse 5, therefore put to death your members. Which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Do you see the explanation of idolatry expanded? Folk live to get some. People live to be nasty. You remember that time, that season when, when last thing on your mind was church because you had just got in. A little early that morning. So the club was your idol. The outfit you're going to wear to the club. God is saying, put to death. Living for stuff. Set your mind on things above. For Christ is Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person that has heard or that will hear this word, that our minds are renewed, that we have been given and received the revelation of what it means to serve the Almighty. God, thank you. Your word still says, may I bring balance. Your word still says that you want us to be blessed. So much. Jesus taught more about money than any other subject in the New Testament. God, you want us to, you want us to be blessed. You want us to be blessed. 
Whenever the Israelites pursued God, oh, he rained down on them so much. He blessed their crops, their fields, their animals. He blessed them all. God wants you to be blessed. You're serving God. It, it creates abundance and prosperity and more. Lord, I thank you for my harvest. I thank you for my harvest. I thank you for what my seed will produce. God, I thank you for the blessing of what the tithe already does. And the offering. But Father, help me, Jasper W. Williams III, Help me put to death the idols that are yet even in my life. Show me, Holy Spirit, what else needs to die. I hope you prayed that prayer yourself. Father, show your people what else needs to die. You hear this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. God wants to save you today. He wants to save you today. What, what, what good is it to have stuff down here and not know that you're going to have some up there? 50 years, 60 years, 80 years, it's a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. It's not even a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. And we work so hard and we apply principles and this, that, and the other to get more down here when we really need to be aiming and focusing on what's up there. God wants to save you. He wants to redeem you on today. He, want, he, he wants to give you a guaranteed place in eternity and he'll do it through Jesus Christ his son who died on the cross for your sins the same way he died for my sins if you're here you don't know Jesus Christ if heaven is an option for you if heaven you're not sure about if you hope that you're gonna make it to heaven I hate when people tell me I hope I'm going I hope I'm going I don't want anybody that knows me anybody that knows me to not know for sure that you're going to heaven. If there's any question in your mind, I'm talking to you. If you want the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit, there's another level. There's another level in God. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we'd love to pray with you. If you want somebody to join their faith with yours, I believe the same way freedom was here. Thank you for listening. What you just heard has the potential to change your world. Now it's up to you to walk it out. The first obstacle will be an excuse not to. Don't delay achieving your design destiny one day at a time. For more information on Jasper and Alicia, visit them at www.thechurchinfo.org. If you are ever in the Atlanta area, they'd love to make your acquaintance. Until later, onward and upward.